Porter, let's kick it off by talking sides. As the market currently stands, is there a side that you would care to share where you are seeing value in week 16 across the NFL? Yeah, so generally, if you're looking in the middle of the week, that's when you got to start doing more what you know people call big brain plays and trying to really understand how the teams are breaking down, why the line is moving a certain way. And I do feel like um, there's some minus 12s out there for the Bills this week. And I know the line started at, I think, 10 and a half or 11. But a lot of times these books, especially in these kind of like do or die crunch spots, they, they, they post some, I would say, some lines that they're just, it is soft even in the middle of the week. I, look, don't go putting in 20 units on a play. But I, I do think Bills minus 12 is good out there. And I think most likely we'll see a little bit later in the week that line getting pushed back half a, half a point. Um, usually it tends to work out that way. And I, I, I still think I like the bills there minus 12. And is there anything at all from a handicapping standpoint, or is this you with your skill set related to market reading, just understanding where this number could be headed with 12 kind of being in no man's land, but if it gets closer to 13 once again, then that's where there might be a bit of key number involvement. Yeah, so so I actually love the the idea, you know, of betting these lines in no man's land. They kind of let you take, especially if you're taking stabs at this part of the week, they kind of let you take a position on a play where, in all honesty, you're either going to be really wrong or really right. And you don't have those kind of opportunities, you know, when the lines are, you know, you know, key numbers, minus two and a half, moving to three, moving to three and a half. You know, those are those are usually the lines are usually tight in those in those spots. And I would also say in the middle of the week, if you start seeing like plus sevens and plus threes going one way or the other, and again, this is just about knowing when where your information comes from. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world to bet opposite of how the market moves. So like a big name releases plus seven and you see the line now minus six and a half. It's kind of improbable that that person really is beating out individually beating out the whole market and you know is more knowledgeable so those kind of spots where the number moves off a key number those are kind of spots in the middle of the week that you might want to take a look at and speaking of looking at key numbers in the middle of the week i'll run a side by you here as well i'm looking at minnesota plus three hosting detroit and for this one not going to claim any kind of bottom up handicapping on my ends. I look at this as a bet where it's curation as my form of creation. I see some strong consensus with this bet among bettors whose opinions I've come to highly respect over the years. And I really find value in this type of alignment when it's people arriving at a similar outcome through different approaches. So on the Vikings, I've heard good takes from Suma, Hitman, and Rob on the Forward Progress show on Wednesday this week. The Vikings at plus three were Suma's best bet. Also Payne on the Bet the Board podcast. Now, from a pricing standpoint, you talked about navigating key numbers. Numbers being thrown out have been anything from Vikings plus three and a half at minus 120 to a flat plus three. And I would say the consensus line right now is a good price cutoff that flat minus three, excuse me, flat plus three at minus 110 VIG for the Vikings in this matchup. A few quick handicapping highlights. When the Lions have the ball from a passing standpoint, it's been widely noted that Jared Goff struggles against cover two defenses and the Vikings run the most cover two in the NFL from a pass rush standpoint. Goff also struggles when he's not facing the standard four man pass rush. The Vikings have the highest rates in the league of blitzing as well as only sending three. So if the lions look to work around those weaknesses for Goff from a rushing standpoint, Minnesota's defense fifth in the league in yards per carry allowed third in the league and explosive run rate allowed. If we want to turn the tables and look at the Vikings on offense here, Nick Mullins, not going to say he's an inspiring quarterback for a bet like this. 
But I think that we've seen over the course of his career, he can be capable under strong coaching with a strong supporting cast. I think that Kevin O'Connell and Justin Jefferson can fit that mold. Also looking at the emergence of Ty Chandler last week, maybe that continues in this matchup against the Lions. Now for Mullins, the fatal flaw last week was turnovers. He had an interception thrown at the one-yard line, an all-timer of an interception to BJ Hill that some might struggle to forget anytime soon. And I feel like any positive regression in the turnover department can be a big factor here as the Vikings look to exploit a porous Lions defense. Porter, I'll wrap it up there. Any thought on this line, Minnesota plus three hosting the Lions? Yeah, look, so those lines, the plus three, in those spots, there will be moments if you have enough options out there to get this number most likely at two and a half or three and a half at some point. So I like this side of the bet. I just think there needs to be a little bit more harmony between like the analysis and the methodology of the betting. So like everything you said sounds good to me, but on top of that, if we can add like understanding how markets move and you know what, if you think the market's going to move the other way, then you, you, you need to grab the number now, you know, right away. So well, in general, this separate skill set of seeing how markets move combined with, you know, great analysis like that, you know, it, that's kind of like what the harmony of like betting to make money is. I'm glad you brought that up because one thing I, I meant to address as well. So Circa and Bookmaker both are down to minus 120 for those plus threes. The line's basically a three-point favorite at even money. When we see market makers like that shaded in one direction, that's usually a sign that if you do like the Vikings side, the ship has probably sailed on three and a half. So with three at a flat minus 110 being the consensus line, I think it's more likely than not that the consensus follows suit with what we're already seeing at books like Circa, Bookmaker, Slash Chris. Does that check out in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, that's that that's how this, this game works once you, you just explain the other components. So while everything sounds really good about the analysis then you have a really strong explanation of what the market is thinking too and when you put those two together that's winning formula for sports betting all right well hopefully we've got some winning formula in store between buffalo minus 12 as porter has shared and then my look at the vikings plus three and we'll also look to offer some value when it comes to the teaser market this week porter i usually kick off this segment with looking at fits along the lines of the classic advantage teaser model crossing through those key numbers of three and seven. Right now, it looks like there are three teams that could possibly fit that mold. Pittsburgh up to plus eight and a half hosting Cincinnati on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Indy plus eight and a half at Atlanta and Houston plus eight and a half hosting Cleveland. I have some thoughts about those lines and why they might not fit the model as well as some might expect at first glance. But first, I'll kick it over to you. Any thoughts on those or any other potential teaser legs on the week 16 slate so matt magically the three legs that i'm going to recommend are those three legs at the end of the day Mm -hmm. no matter what kind of analysis you put through um uh, i forgot it's gary carrie mr wong um did enough math stanford where stanford wong did enough math where if you're getting minus 110 or you know three legs minus 180s minus 190s you you will turn a profit doing this and should that be a goal, plus number on the three team teasers yeah plus 180 um oh, gotcha. yeah, yeah um and people will say that's outrageous there's no way the plus 180 exists i i just i just beg to ask the audience that's listening how much in all honesty effort have you put into handicapping versus like the work of getting places where it's plus 180 wouldn't you think it would be way easier in the long run to network and find a couple more places that have favorable advantages like that 
than sitting and grinding, you know, whatever you're doing in Python or R or, you know, anecdotally, it's like, it's like, I think the public needs a little switch, like a light bulb that just kind of somebody out there that just kind of convinces them that most of this stuff has been sort of solved. It's not, there's no rocket science going on here in sports betting, you know, an engineer out of uh, MIT or CIT, wherever, after five months, six months of, you know, working on their model, they're going to catch up pretty quick to professional sports bettors. I, I know people are like, oh, there's no way. But yeah, 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 way that that's, that's how this works at the end of the day. Now, I'm not saying and, and then that's the, the next question is, you need to do something different in your handicapping if you don't have access to, you know, two game minus 110s or three game plus 180s. And then you're right, then you really got to put in a ton of work into figuring out, you know, what games you're interested in betting that week, even when it comes to teasers. Um, it is possible to win, you know, teasing through unconventional lines. But are you looking for it's possible to win or an efficient process of winning at sports betting? And those are just two different, you know, components. So on my end over here, my three picks are Steelers plus eight and a half, Colts plus eight and a half, Texans plus eight and a half. And with regard to that plus 180 price point, I hear you that that's out there. And I know that for a lot of people without some heavy duty work on the back end, it's going to be tough to find. I've heard a lot of people who talk about this type of bet say that you want at least plus 160 or better. Yes. So I know there's a bit of tension between getting the best possible number, like a plus 180 or maybe even a plus 190 versus not selling yourself short if you can't get the best of the number, but there is still something bettable, maybe less of an edge. But if we say plus 160 or better, does that drive with you in terms of this bet still offering at least some positive expected value? Yes. So that's kind of a question of what you need to do for your clientele. I mean, partners to stay competitive in the industry and individual betting. So in individual betting, you're not really beholden to anyone else. But when you're betting in partnerships, it's really important to succeed for them in a way where they're not looking to go somewhere else. So yeah, when you're betting individually, I'm all for taking a lot more small edges, you know, when it's not really, oh, you're winning, you know, 2% ROI, get out of here. 2% ROI is 2% ROI, you know? So yeah, when you find a plus 160, there's still going to be edges, for example, on these three games. All right, so... I hear you there. And this is going to be interesting because I, I kind of turned the tables a bit with my standard process of elimination when I'm trying to filter through teaser options in a given week. All three of these teams, there's a common thread where the favorites are shaded toward three if they're not there already at certain books that tend to be market leading indicators. And when I'm looking at that extra big on the two and a half point favorites, it kind of dilutes the value of crossing through the three with the underdog. So trying to think a little bit outside the box here without totally abandoning the discipline, the efficient processes that you spoke to, but I'm looking at a three-team 10-point teaser, maybe going head-to-head -head with you, but not so much if we look at the numbers and the pricing involved. So I'm looking at Cincinnati plus seven and a half at Pittsburgh, Atlanta plus seven and a, seven and a half hosting Indy, and then Cleveland plus seven and a half at Houston. And a hat tip here to Las Vegas, Chris. He shared a lot of strategic insights on creative use of teasers where you can be breaking some conventional rules. But as long as you know what you're doing, and that's a key distinction here, it doesn't mean that these rules can never be broken. So teasing through zero here with some short favorites. I like to think it's not necessarily a minus EV play if you can get the right price point for this type of bet. And again, just like I was 
kind of swayed away from the underdogs, given the way these lines are shaded with all three favorites currently shaded toward the three, this 10 point teaser neutralizes a lot of that big. So it's almost like getting 10 and a half points for the price of 10 plus crossing three and seven going the other way, getting these teams at nice plus numbers. One thing I'll note Porter, before I get your thoughts on this, but I do want to once again, stress the importance of knowing the pricing and the house rules involved with a bet like this for this 10 point, Three-team teaser, consider it good at minus 130 or better. I think some spots you can still find minus 120s if you're willing to put in the legwork. And then when it comes to house rules, all three of these favorites, again, the Bengals, the Falcons, the Browns, up to plus seven and a half. We're not working with any integers here for the math geeks in the crowd, so this won't be an issue. But some books, when you are betting a teaser leg that ends in a whole number, a push on any of those three legs would mean the whole bet loses. At other books, a push in any of the three legs means the whole bet is a push. So read the rules, try to play at better friendly operators where a push won't sink the entire bet. Porter, I also think of your thoughts on the Bills minus 12. That's also a fit taking a team like Buffalo down to minus two. You are crossing seven and three, so it doesn't just have to be the standard six-point teaser to do just that. Any thoughts on us possibly going head-to-head here between your teaser and mine, or maybe also interest in the Bills in a 10-point teaser if somebody's looking that route? So we're, we're actually not going head-to-head. I know that's crazy for the audience to hear that, but it's possible to be on two different sides of the same bet and both sides to be plus EV when the line moves, when the rules move, when the rules are favorable. When you know, So I know that's a crazy concept, but the idea of just stringing together plus EV plays Overall, even if it seems like they're against each other, if they're actually in the long run plus EV, it, it's not true. That we're not necessarily against each other. It might be in this scenario that ten, you know, that ten point crossing the key numbers, you know, with house favorable vigs might actually be plus EV, and my play might be plus EV. So I know that sounds completely crazy to be on two opposite sides, theoretically of a play. It, it's not true. We're not actually on opposite sides of a play. And one I think more that's question. a concept. I, th- uh, what's, I think that's mm-hmm. a concept that's really important for people to understand that when lines move, rules move. You know, you're doing different things. It's each bet is unique. It's it is possible to have you know be on the over and be on the under and not be arbing or hedging. This is assuming the line has moved somewhat or some rules change, and you're not arbing or hedging. You're betting two positive EV sides. And when it comes to trying to find multiple positive EV sides in the same matchup like this, I I guess one wrinkle that led me to look toward the 10-point teaser for the short favorites was the way that the VIG is shaded toward the three. When you're crossing through the three and seven with an underdog, how much do you factor that into the process? Or am I just splitting hairs by looking at the VIG with that much intensity? No, 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 you're not. If enough of the sharper books are doing this, it's important. It's not that valuable if one of the three you know, Penny, Bookmaker, Chris are doing this. But if you a bunch of them are doing this, they're 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 telling you something. It's um it's I don't call it so I'm not a religious person, but it's like a joke. Like, you know, the Bible code, the the board, there's a code in there. And you just have to over time learn how to read it. So it's like it tells you one thing, and if you understand how to read it, the answers are there. All right, wise words to wrap up this week's edition of Teaser Talk. Porter, while we're talking NFL Week 16, I'd be remiss not to also bring up props while having you on the show. So whether you want to speak to your NFL prop betting process in general or anything specific that you're eyeing on the Week 16 card, I will turn it back over to you on that topic. 
Yeah, so coming into this back half of the season, I, I do think the props have begun to get a little bit sharper. So part of the process that I look for, uh, you know, besides betting early, is starting to see when the market moves really aggressively on a lot of tout plays. And you can go through there and, first of all, you can bet a lot bigger. I, I You know, a lot of people have liquidity problems where they can't get down. But if you have someone out there that's pushing a line in the opposite direction, those are your most important opportunities of the season if you're having issues getting down because you're really going to be able to bet a lot. So for this week, I noticed that uh, Josh Allen has moved, I think, 12 or 13 yards. Uh, I looked at this a couple hours ago. I hope it's still there. But I think Josh Allen under 248.5 minus 110. Maybe it's 246 now on the Bills. You know, speaking of the Bills game where if the Bills come out to a big lead, he's, he's not going to play a lot of time in the, in the fourth quarter. Now, it depends on the size of the lead. But, you know, I'm already on the Bills, you know, being pretty big favorites and running it up at the beginning where I think there's some leeway for him not to – be throwing too much in the fourth, especially with, you know, if they are going to make a playoff run, they, they, they can't have this guy running up the middle, getting smashed over and over, you know, doing his Josh Allen things. So I, I look for them to protect them a little bit, especially if they're, they're up in the fourth. And that All right. also moved a ton. Yeah. Well, speaking uh, of marrying the handicap with the bet, I am also looking at a Josh Allen under, and I am looking at his rushing yards for reasons that you touched on. First, I will note, you talked about the the number it's moved for passing. 248 and a half appears to be gone, but I am seeing a good bit of 246 and a half. So I think that's okay. a, a fair yeah. number to, to grade this one as the market currently stands from a rushing yard standpoint, also some volatility based on market that we market movement we've seen over the course of the week. Consensus appears to be 27 and a half rush yards. So I'll go with Josh Allen under 27 and a half, but shop around. I am seeing a flat 31 and a half out there. So there are some discrepancies. Again, if you're just willing to do a little bit of extra legwork to pick up a lot of extra value. In addition to some alignment with the handicap you outlined for the passing yardage prop, I'll give a hat tips to Steve Fezzik, who mentioned the rushing yard specifically on the Dream Preview this week. My overall takeaway here is that with the Bills being a double-digit favorite, this could be a big reprieve for them. If they show up and, and do what they should in the early stages of this game against the Chargers, a nice chance to come up for air during a crucial stretch in their schedule. The last three weeks at the Chiefs, at the Eagles, hosting the Cowboys, we're talking about really high leverage games against marquee opponents. And thinking about this prop for Allen, he's often lined in the low to mid 30s. So this number has been adjusted down. Therefore, this isn't a massive bet for me, but I'm not sure that the number has been adjusted down enough quite yet. And one more subtle edge when I'm looking at a double digit favorite, a quarterback's rushing yardage total, kneel down count. So if the Bills are running out the clock at the end of the game, to your point, if they've got a big lead, maybe it's not going to be Allen under center. But whether it's something at the end of the first half or at the end of the game, if Josh Allen takes a kneel down or perhaps a few kneel downs, that could come into play. The poster child for this angle would, of course, be Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl against the 49ers a few years ago. That was also to milk the clock. So we usually don't see drastic swings, but even a few I yards of kneel downs could make all the difference. <laughs> yeah, I, I somehow stumbled into a middle there. That was one of the highlights of my betting life. So not going to expect that to come back into play here, but uh, another small nudge if somebody's looking at Josh Allen rushing yards under Porter I know you talked about passing but what do you think about Allen's rushing prospects this yeah, week? I love it it's uh, so the audience knows we didn't we didn't plan that before that yeah. just it just makes a lot of sense you know sometimes it's that simple where it really just it's it's yeah that makes sense you know they're going to protect them they're not gonna especially if they're just it's just dangerous look they need to make a run at the end it's not enough to win one game 
So I think that they're going to protect him this game, and part of protecting is not letting him try to run wild. All right, well, fingers crossed by way of seemingly fading Josh Allen, it's really looking to back the Bills to win by a healthy margin. So it's nice to see some alignment there. I'll take a brief pause from our prop betting talk to remind the audience at this time I do in the show every week that I am partnering with the team over at Right Angle Sports in an affiliate capacity this year. I think they've got something for everyone, not just the NFL, but college basketball, where they've got a really strong track record for success to college basketball. Geez, college basketball is their track record of success. College football is where they've got the bowl service now available. If you're interested in trying this out, no obligation whatsoever, but you can support Props and Hops by supporting the team over at Right Angle Sports. I've built a custom link you can check out to do just that, tinyurl.com slash picks. All right, Porter, I'll run down a rapid fire run through of our picks, the Props and Hops Week 16 portfolio, and then we can continue the conversation with some process driven speaking points. But looking at our picks this week, Porter is on Buffalo minus 12 at the Chargers. I am on Minnesota plus three hosting Detroit when we're talking sides. If we want to talk teasers, Porter, a three-team, six-point teaser. Look for at least plus 160, if not better, from a price standpoint. Pittsburgh, plus eight and a half, hosting Cincinnati on Saturday. Indianapolis, plus eight and a half at Atlanta. And then Houston, plus eight and a half, hosting Cleveland. Not necessarily going head-to-head, but I am looking at the other teams in each of those three games via a three-team 10-point teaser. You want to find minus 130 or better on this bet. Cincinnati, plus seven and a half at Pittsburgh. Atlanta plus seven and a half hosting Indy and Cleveland plus seven and a half at Houston. When we talk props, both of us on Josh Allen unders Porter looking at Allen under 246 and a half pass yards Saturday at the chargers. And I am on Allen under 27 and a half rushing yards. Once again, shop around and you can probably get some even better numbers on both those passing and rushing totals for Josh Allen. 